This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord with another edition of the Did He Really Just Say That? The Word of the Lord. So, the one-year anniversary of the January 6th ride at the Capitol arrives, and the media, Joe Biden, and the Democrats are in full gaslight mode. I'll have more on this in a second. But first, by now you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop the slippers. They're designed to wear indoors and outdoors all day long, and I do, really. Made with my pillow foam and impact gel, they are, to help prevent fatigue, and they're also made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener's square and use promo code JEFF. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including those fabulous Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-606-1043 and use promo code JEFF. Now, shocking, not... As one year and as the one year anniversary of the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot arrives, President Joe Biden and his media buddies are going all out with the hysteria about the Democrat lie, the Democrat really big lie of an insurrection. The real game here, of course, is to target Donald Trump with the big lie that the riot with the really big lie that the riot occurred because Trump somehow, quote, incited. It, unquote. Not to be ignored is that this conveniently also targets Trump supporters, all the millions who voted for Trump. And yes, they intend to use this really big lie of insurrection to win the 2022 elections. But before I go into all of this, there is one important full disclosure I must make. I was personally an invited guest to the rally that occurred before the Capitol riot, the rally that was held on the White House ellipse. I was given a front row seat next to my pals, the great diamond and silk. I did not go to the Capitol afterwards as I had to return to my hotel room to do a couple television hits. So along with most of America, I saw what unfolded at the Capitol on television. But I can personally attest that what transpired at the White House rally was 110% peaceful. There was no talk of violence. As Rush Limbaugh might say, zip, zero, nada. In fact, to the contrary, the atmosphere was like every other Trump rally I've attended, with rock music blaring from the loudspeakers and people literally dancing to the music, which, by the way, I have captured on my phone. When President Trump appeared and spoke, he quite specifically asked those who were going to the Capitol to protest, quote, peacefully and patriotically, unquote. He incited nothing. This is a bunch of baloney. What transpired afterwards at the Capitol was, of course, wrong. Those who committed violence, a mere handful out of tens of thousands of peaceful protesters who were there that day, should have the book thrown at them. 
I'm told there have been some 700 arrested and charged. As I can personally attest, as I said, there were easily over 100,000 Americans there. So this was a virtual drop in the bucket. But to to portray this as some sort of insurrection is precisely the kind of hysteria that only makes things worse, causes Trump supporters to roll their eyes. And make no mistake, Trump supporters know full well that all of this, these hysterical accusations are deliberate. And oh, by the way, insurrection, you should know, is an actual crime on the books. And not a single person has been charged with insurrection. Hmm. The members of Congress who voted to have the electoral votes of various states returned for recertification because the results were under question were doing exactly what the Constitution and the Electoral Count Act of 1887 allow. And strangely, no one in the media objected when Democrats in Congress voted to do the same thing, to not certify electoral votes for Donald Trump in 2017 and George W. Bush in 2004 and 2000. Here is the headline from the Daily Signal on <clears throat> Democrats doing exactly what Republicans did in 2021. The headline and this piece was published on January 4th of 2021. And the headline is, In past 20 years, Democrats objected three times to electoral college certifications. And the story goes on to report, quote, Recent precedents for challenging electoral college certification in Congress have come not from Republican lawmakers, but from Democrats. Over the past 20 years, Democrats have, on three separate occasions, objected to the validity of electoral votes on the floor of Congress. Wednesday, January 6th, will mark the first time Republicans choose to do so in the past two decades. About a dozen Republican senators and about 140 GOP House members are expected to challenge electoral slates during Wednesday's joint session of Congress, unquote. One of those who objected to certifying the Trump election in 2017 was Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin, a Democrat member now on up the January 6th committee, said Congressman Raskin about his challenge, quote, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holders. Unquote. Now, you see how the game works? It's okay for Democrats to challenge the electoral votes for Donald Trump or George W. Bush. But for Republicans to challenge the electoral votes for Joe Biden? Oh, the outraged horror. Oh, it's a coup. Oh, it's an insurrection. Now, for those who came in late, by the way, the Electoral Count Act of 1887 was enacted 10 years after the famously controversial presidential election of 1876 between Republican Rutherford Hayes and Democrat Samuel Tilden. The purpose of the law was to, quote, minimize congressional involvement in election disputes, instead placing the primary responsibility to resolve disputes upon the states, unquote, as Wikipedia records. The framers of the Constitution gave state legislatures the power to certify electoral votes, as they do according to the popular vote count in each state. 
And so, in other words, what Republicans were trying to do in Congress on January 6th was to send back certain state votes to the legislatures of the states that had sent them for them to recertify. But let's just stick to all the hoopla that's going on right now over January 6th of last year and what it really represents. And what it really represents is decidedly not good. And I might add, it's not new either. Back there in the mists of time, that would be April 22nd, 2014 to be precise, long before Donald Trump emerged on the scene, I wrote a column in the American Spectator that was titled, The New American Fascism in which I cited some 20 incidents of leftists shutting down or attempting to shut down conservatives, their fellow citizens. I'm not going to read the whole list here, but here are a few. August 7, 2008, the New York Times reports a leftist group has organized to confront donors to conservative groups, quote, hoping to create a chilling effect that will dry up contributions, unquote. October 15, 2009, ESPN reports that Rush Limbaugh will be dropped as a limited partner in a bid to buy the NFL's St. Louis Rams franchise. Leftist owners and players united to deny Rush any ownership of the NFL team. October 16, 2009. I reported in the American Spectator that several liberal mainline Protestant churches, along with the Catholic bishops, had banded together to send a, quote, petition for inquiry into hate speech in the media and request to update report on the role of telecommunications and hate crimes, unquote, to the Federal Communications Commission. Their demand to remove Rush Limbaugh from the air for, quote, hate speech, unquote. It also targeted Bill Bill O'Reilly, Glenn Beck, and Lou Dobbs, the last of those who was then still at CNN. A month later, Lou Dobbs abruptly quit CNN after being targeted for removal by, according to the New York Times, quote, Hispanic groups, unquote, who oppose his opposition to illegal immigration. On April 20th, 2012, news arrived that Obama for America, the website of the Obama re-election campaign, runs a list of eight major donors to the campaign of Obama opponent and soon-to-be GOP nominee Mitt Romney. It calls one man, Frank Vandersloot of Idaho, a finance co-chair of the Romney campaign, quote, litigious, combative, and a bitter foe of the gay rights movement, unquote. Vandersloot is also investigated by an individual connected to the Democratic Party. The news launches an assault on Vandersloot's company. He loses 200 customers in the first two weeks of the controversy, going through what he calls a living hell. Now, I went on with the list of attacks designed to silence and intimidate conservatives, and I ended by quoting the Austrian, the famed Austrian economist Ludwig von Mies in his classic book, Socialism, an Economic and Sociological Analysis. Said von Mies of the, Amer- of the left, quote, they are utterly intolerant zealots. They entirely disregard the possibility that there could arise disagreement with regard to the question of what is right and expedient and what is not. They advocate enlightened despotism, convinced that the enlightened despot will in every detail comply with their own opinion. They are utterly intolerant and are not prepared to allow any discussion. Every advocate of the left is a potential dictator. What he plans is to deprive all other men of all their rights 
and to establish his own and his friends' unrestricted omnipotence. He refuses to convince his fellow citizens. He prefers to liquidate them. He scorns the bourgeois society that worships law and legal procedure. He himself worships violence and bloodshed, unquote. And I added, von Mies is short and sweet about all of this. This is fascism, the principle of dictatorial oppression of all dissenters. And that it is. Now, I would add, as we see the authoritarian January 6th committee in action, we are seeing exactly utterly intolerant zealots. They are indeed utterly intolerant, and they are not prepared to allow any discussion. President Biden has addressed the nation this January 6th of 2022, and he had the brass to ask Americans if the United States, quote, will be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm, unquote. This following all the riots from the Black Lives Matters, which uh, he was silent about and which uh, Kamala Harris encouraged. He asked in his in this January 6th talk, quote, are we going to be a nation where we allow partisan election officials to overturn the legally expressed will of the people? Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of the truth, but in the shadow of lies? We cannot allow ourselves to be that kind of nation. The way forward is to recognize the truth and to live by it, unquote. All righty then. So Joe Biden wants truth, does he? Well, here's truth. Joe Biden has been stone-cold silent on documented voter fraud in my home state of Pennsylvania. In fact, quote, partisan election officials, as he says, in Pennsylvania have exactly participated in voter fraud. Let me recount again, but a handful of reasons why the Republicans in my own state of Pennsylvania have every reason to want the 2020 vote audited not to mention to be concerned for election integrity in this year of 2022 and two years hence in 2024. In the 2016, 2015, 2014, 2012, and 2008 elections, not to mention back there in the dinosaur age of 1994, there were repeated examples of voter fraud in Pennsylvania. All have been seriously documented. Let me just run through a quick list of specifics. In 2020, a former Democratic judge of elections in Philadelphia, one Dominic J. DeMuro by name, was convicted in federal court for his role in, quote, accepting bribes to cast fraudulent ballots and certifying false voting results during the 2014, 2015, and 2016 primary elections in Philadelphia, unquote, according to the U.S. Attorney for Eastern Pennsylvania. Let me read you the headline from that press release issued by the U.S. Attorney, by the Department of Justice in May of 2020. The title was, Former Philadelphia Judge of Elections Convicted, say again, Convicted of Conspiring to Violate Civil Rights and Bribery. The beginning of the release reports this, quote, a former judge of elections has been convicted for his role in accepting bribes to cast fraudulent ballots and certifying false voting re results during the 2014, 2015, and 2016 primary elections in Philadelphia. Uh, 
Dominic J. DeMuro, 73, of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty during a sealed proceeding on March 16, 2020, before U.S. District Judge Paul S. Diamond, to conspiring to deprive persons of civil rights and using interstate facilities in aid of bribery. The court unsealed the matter today. Sentencing is scheduled for June 30, 2020. During his guilty plea hearing, the press release from the Justice Department goes on, DeMiro admitted that while, <laughs> this always drives me crazy when I see this, DeMiro admitted that while serving as an elected municipal judge of elections, he accepted bribes in the form of money and other things of value in exchange for adding ballots to increase the vote totals for certain candidates on the voting machines in his jurisdiction and for certifying tallies of all the ballots, including the fraudulent ballots. DeMiro further admitted that a local political consultant gave him directions and paid him money to add votes for candidates supported by the consultant, including candidates for judicial office whose campaigns actually hired the consultant and other candidates for various federal, state, and elective offices preferred by that consultant for a variety of reasons. DeMiro also admitted that the votes he added in exchange for payments by the political consultant increased the number of votes fraudulently recorded and tallied for the consultant's clients and preferred candidates, thereby diluting the ballots cast by actual voters. Unquote. And two months after that news, there was another indictment, that indictment being of the political consultant who paid DeMiro. His name? Former Democratic Congressman Michael Ozzie Myers, who, no coincidence, had, al had already served jail time for getting caught in an FBI sting operation in the 1970s and 80s known as ABSCAM, along with six other members of the U.S. Congress. There has not been a peep from President Joe Biden about any of this corruption in Pennsylvania. But what else is Joe Biden ignoring here in Pennsylvania on the voter corruption, voter fraud front? That would be the corruption cited by the Philadelphia Inquirer after the 2012 Obama-Romney race in which Mitt Romney received, get this, zero votes in 59 Philadelphia precincts. A statistical impossibility, of course. Joe Biden ignored the 28, uh, 2008 election as well. In 2008, there was, in, there was this in October, in the middle of the Obama-McCain contest. I personally covered a press conference at the Pennsylvania State Capitol, held by a retired Pennsylvania Supreme Court Justice, the Dauphin County, that's Harrisburg, the state capitol, district attorney, and the then Pennsylvania Republican State Chairman, Robert Gleason. And the state chairman said, quote, between March 23rd and October 1st of 2008, various groups, including ACORN, submitted over 252,595 registrations to the Philadelphia County Election Board, with 57,435 rejected for faulty information. Most of these registrations were submitted by ACORN and rejected due to fake Social Security numbers, incorrect dates of birth, clearly fraudulent signatures, addresses that do not exist, and duplicate registrations. In one case, a man, a man was registered to vote more than 15 times since the primary election. 
Voter fraud is no longer just a Philadelphia problem, said the state Republican chairman Gleason, as ACORN was targeting key counties across the state. Then, and this is one of my favorite Pennsylvania stories, there was this jewel of a voter fraud story from a 1994 special election for a Philadelphia seat in the Pennsylvania State Senate. The New York Times, of all places, reported this, and it said, quote, saying Philadelphia's election system had collapsed under a massive scheme by Democrats to steal a state Senate election in November. A federal judge today took the rare step of invalidating the vote and ordered the seat filled by the Republican candidate. Judge Newcomer, Judge William Judge Newcomer ruled that the Democratic campaign of William G. Stinson had stolen the election from Bruce S. Marks in North Philadelphia's 2nd Senatorial District through an elaborate fraud in which hundreds of residents were encouraged to vote by absentee ballot even though they had no legal reason, like a physical disability or a scheduled trip outside the city, to do so. Unquote. In other words... In Pennsylvania, voter fraud, which is genuine voter suppression, is as common as winter snow in Erie. And Joe Biden and his media buddies are silent as church mice on all of this. Is it any wonder that President Trump, former President Trump, is suspicious about the outcome of the 2020 election? Look, the central reason for what happened on January 6, 2021 is that Americans were livid over voter fraud, and they have every right to be angry. No, there is, of course, no place for violence, period. But it is abundantly obvious to millions of Americans that Joe Biden will just turn a blind eye to repeated examples of voter fraud that are the direct result of his party and their henchmen. And no, they are not willing, these Americans, to just sit back and accept the idea that Biden's party can rig elections at will and there will be no response. Instead of perpetuating the really big lie that there is no voter fraud, Joe Biden and company should start tending to business and restore the trust of the American people in the integrity of elections. For the word of the Lord, this is Jeffrey Lord. Stop by my website, thejeffreylord.com, to catch up on the news and views. Thanks for coming. See you next time, and Happy New Year. <music>